about it. I'll be talking about it. Dennis Prager here. Join me this morning at 11 right here on AM 560. The answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. And uh, coming up, we have uh, one of my uh, favorite intellectuals. And what we try and do on this show, in part at least, is profile people whose work has not gotten the profile that it demands. Uh, and one of those individuals is Shelby Steele. Uh, I've talked about white guilt on this show before. His most recent book is uh, Shame. Uh, that's a book you should pick up as well. Uh, we've talked to his son, Eli, as well. He's the oh, documentarian. Yeah. He was in studio with us. Lovely man. How Jack Became Black. So it's a prolific family, the Steele family. Uh, How Jack Became Black is also some uh, a film documentary you should check out. Couldn't be more topical. Uh, Shelby Steele won, wrote one of the most important op-eds during the 2016 election cycle to explain what was happening and how the sides were divided you know, using sort of Trump and Clinton as their representatives, but sort of the underlying culture, cultural divide uh, in his piece in the Wall Street Journal called Culture of Deference. Uh, recently, this election cycle, another important piece that has really borne out. Uh, this is back in September, the Wall Street Journal. Why the left is consumed with hate, steel rights. Today's left lacks worthy menaces to fight. It's driven to find a replacement for racism some sweeping historical wrongdoing that morally empowers those who oppose it, climate change perhaps. Failing this, only hatred is left. Hatred is a transformative power. It can make the innocuous into the menacing. So it has become a weapon of choice. The left has used hate to transform President Trump into a symbol of the new racism. Not a flawed president, but a systemic evil. And he must be opposed as one opposes racism with scorched earth absolutism. And tell me isn't if that isn't exactly what we're seeing, uh, not only directed at Trump, but anybody who would deign to poke their head up and say, I'm a Trump supporter. Anybody that would uh, uh, run with Trump, candidates for Congress, anybody that would vote with Trump, former members of Congress that have been washed out of places like suburban Chicago. So the question, if that's what the left has to offer, only hate, because they understand its transformative power, and oh, by the way, it's working among important segments of the population, like many suburban communities around the country, then what is it that conservatives should be offering? For uh, the answer to that question and others, we're pleased to be joined again by Shelby Steele. Shelby Steele, thanks so much for joining us again. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, and again, the book is A Shame, How America's Past Sins Have Polarized Our Country. That's his latest offering. Uh, Mr. Steele, a senior fellow at uh, the Hoover Institution over there at Stanford in Palo Alto. So uh, what about that? If, if the left is consumed by hate, they understand its transformative power, they're using it effectively, what should be the conservative or non-leftist response? Well, I think the I think the, that uh, liberalism has a, an advantage going back to the '60s, when uh, the civil rights victories occurred, and it became clear that there had to be in America a moral imperative, uh, and that our politics would not would not be legitimate, would not be considered legitimate uh, until they they took on this moral imperative to make sure everybody was treated equal and 
and so forth. Uh, liberalism jumped on that, uh, defined themselves around this moral uh, focus, uh, and it became a, a sort of vein of power in American life, uh, morality. It's sort of the first time morality had become a source of power, and uh, they've used it very effectively uh, ever since. Um, conservatism, on the other hand, uh, tends to be more pragmatic, more down-to-earth. Let's, let's fix it. Let's get the job done. Let's build the wall. Let's fix the interest rates. Let's so forth and so on. Um, they, they don't have a morally appealing message. Trump is not an idealist. He is not uh, someone who's going to give you some a kind of uh, spiritual focus, a lift, a humane point of view. He's a pragmatist. He's going to try to get the job done. Um, and this hurts him in the suburbs where there is a longing for a kind of, uh, the, the, uh, a kind of moral focus uh, that, that people identify with. Um, really, I think liberalism is, is not an ideology anymore at all. It's an identity. And so, uh, an identity of innocence and and goodwill and yeah. so forth. The, the, it's often very blind, but that's what it wants to be. The the signs in people's lawns, "Hate has no home here." The signs in the lawns of uh, of you know multi million dollar mansions in, in Hinsdale, "Black Lives Matter," right? I mean, they're everywhere. Yes, it, it, it's but it, it, comedically, but but they're they're posted in these homes of Patricia and white people, unironically. That's right. That's right. Um, well, that's uh, you, know, you see that out in, here in California as well. That uh, it's white. I don't think I've ever seen a Black Lives Matter uh, poster in a, in a black neighborhood. I've seen we've got to stop the killing and and so forth. But I haven't. I, which makes the point that I think Black America is ready for pragmatism at this point. Well, we've but... we've uh, we've had. Uh, We've had idealism. It's done, it's done in many ways a great job. America's a morally transformed country. Uh, but now we do need, uh, we need pragmatism, more down-to-earth, fix-it solutions. But how do we do that when you have, you know, medi- leading up to the midterm elections, you had both Oprah Winfrey and former President Obama out there on the campaign trail pretty much making it clear that they believe America still oppresses African-Americans. Their candidates lost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they're losing their juice. Um, their, their liberalism, uh, the, the other side of all this, is that liberalism is becoming obsolete. Uh, protest in the sort of old-fashioned Martin Luther King way is becoming obsolete. It doesn't get begin to get to the real problems that minorities face in American life. Um, and so Oprah can can do whatever she wants. Um, she's never going to have the kind of power that was once there. That power, there's not enough racism in American life to justify that kind of power anymore. Uh, America has not given itself credit for the moral evolution it underwent since the 60s. We are a transformed society. Uh, I know this. I grew up in segregated Chicago yeah. in the 40s and 50s. I know it intimately. That's not the reality today. 
today we are black Americans are, are absolutely free. And t- we we are no longer systemically oppressed. We can do whatever we want to do. Therefore, Oprah is obsolete. May take a time for her to disappear, but she had, there's no energy out there for her to grab onto. Um, the next big uh, leader will be somebody who's pragmatic. That's, why I think, why uh, blacks have begun to turn around and even look at Donald Trump. His approval numbers have gone up in, the, in black America dramatically. Well, and the other thing you've seen just on that score, to your point, and I've never quite thought about it this way, but um, the uh, numbers among Latinos and blacks that were earned by uh, Ducey in Arizona, but even more particularly DeSantis in Florida, and it's largely connected, the belief is, to school choice programs where you've had constituencies created through opportunity scholarships program that are disproportionately provided to minority families, and they're looking and saying, well, look, I, I want the scholarship for my kid that's get, got him in a better school. And if that means I have to vote for Ron DeSantis or Doug Ducey over a Democrat, well, then that's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. Uh, that's uh, school choice is an issue that you, you see sort of um, at the center of this, this growing divide. Uh, um, minorities don't want a liberalism that doesn't want school choice. They, they love school choice. Uh, you open a charter school, and, and the lines are around the block for people to get their, their kids uh, enrolled. Uh, well, that, again, makes the point that the, need of, the needs of this community today are not idealistic anymore. They're pragmatic. We need to be better educated. Uh, we need schools that actually, that actually work hard at educating us. Uh, we, don't, we don't need the idealism. So and, uh, so conservatives are doing it all wrong. We're trying to <laughs> this is really interesting. We're trying we're trying to make the tax cut argument uh, the to suburban families who are looking to save the world. And we're trying to make the sort of morally good. We're not racist argument to constituencies in urban centers. We don't have when it should be sort of the converse. That's exactly right. <laughs> Well, well put. <laughs> great. We're uh, so we're only 180 degrees off. Okay, great. That's uh, all. <laughs> at least we at least we have a plan for 2020 now. Now that you've sort of yeah. righted my thinking, but that's and 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 then you know that message, you know, save the world, climate change. You you point up, and obviously we see it in your play out as well. That's that's really interesting. So in point of fact, a pragmatic approach with respect to the immediate economic security interests of minority families could. Uh, reshape the Republican Party even more than it's being reshaped through sort of uh, blue-collar, middle-income families uh, fleeing the Democrats and coming to the Republican Party in the Trump era. That's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, that's where that's why where minorities are at today. Um, we've had 60 years now of feel-good idealism and and cultural nationalism and and uh, the focus on identity and race and all this sort of thing. And uh, we're worse off today than we were back in 1964 when the Civil Rights Bill passed. Uh, so the, the other thing on conservative side is the utter and complete failure of every single uh, program initiative the left has ever, since the 60s, has ever put forward. That level of failure is, is just, I'm sure, in history. 
will be seen to use the cliche word as awesome. It's just an enormous amount of failure. Uh, and blacks have been the the uh, beneficiaries, if, if you use that word, of of it. They have that we have suffered and suffered, and we've suffered more from from that that sort of uh, uh, misguided goodwill than we did from racism. We did better in the fifties when there was open segregation. Um, so it it's. Um, how long can you sustain a contradiction like that? Uh, I think that's partly why Trump is president. I think that's why uh, the, the, there, there's been a kind of transformation in America, even since he's been in office. Really interesting. He is Shelby Steele, 30 years of scholarship. If you haven't exposed yourself to it, do so from the content of our character to a dream deferred to white guilt to his latest offering, Shame, How America's Past Sins Have Polarized Our Country. Go to Amazon, pick up his books. Shelby Steele, author, senior fellow at the Hoover Institution. Thanks so much for joining us again. Appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro.